Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. AHOP TV empowers believers with spirit-inspired messages and strategic equipping that accelerates your spiritual growth. You can subscribe to stream weekly content from Awakening House of Prayer, conferences, and other exclusive content to stir your hunger and encourage your heart. Visit us online at ahop.tv. We want to welcome you to the Four Point Broadcast one more time. And all over the world, there are life groups that are meeting right now. And if you are interested in starting a life group, you can contact us and we can give you further information. But for now, we want you to go directly to the Word of God. We have already prayed and each one of us should be now ready to hear a word from the Lord. Our text is taken from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. The scripture says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. But grow in grace. The word but is important. It means that you have a conjunction with a difference. In other words, when you use the word and, it's a conjunction with an addition, in addition to. But the word but presupposes that it is a conjunction with a difference. So you have a choice that you have to make every single day as a born-again believer. And here's your choice. You either stay as you are or you grow. And many of us believe that that our lives have to remain the same when in fact they don't have to remain the same. The scripture is giving us an option. You can stay as you are or you can trust God by grace to be in a different place 365 days from today's date. I am decreeing and declaring this over your life, over your business, over your ministry. I'm declaring this over your body. I'm declaring it over your marriage, over your community, over your nation. I am decreeing and declaring 365 days from today's date. Everything about your life will have changed for the best. That means that this is the worst day of your life. It cannot get any worse than today. You can never be in a worse state financially than you are today. You cannot be in, an, in a worse emotional state, in a worse physical state, when you understand the power of this word grow. The word grow is an amazing word. In our text, the word grow comes from this Greek word axano, ax, ax, 
Zano. And it, it is a word when it's translated means to provide supplementary or additional help aid and support in order to cause in order to cause something to grow in order to cause something to increase in order to cause something to um become greater or bigger in order to cause something to progress in order to cause something to advance i am decreeing and declaring that your days of being stuck are over you are coming into a season where you are going to grow where you're going to increase you're going to increase in favor you're going to increase in stature you're going to increase in influence you're going to increase financially you are going to increase nothing about your life is going to be diminished except poverty except sickness except disease you are going to increase more and more this word grow is probably one of the most powerful English words that we can ever ever use in our lives and in spiritual maturation this word grow is used it's used for plants we talk about plants growing the Bible Bible said in the book of Genesis chapter 2 verse 9 and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to sight and good for food. Your days of living in an unpleasant state is over. I am decreeing and declaring that you are going to live in a pleasant environment. You are going to have people around you that are pleasant. You are going to enjoy the pleasures from the hands of God. I decree and declare not only are your days of living in an unpleasant state are over your days of living in a bad state is over I decree and declare only good is going to come to you hallelujah your days of having a bad day is over every day you awaken can I prophesy this over you can I decree it can I declare it I decree and declare every day you awaken is going to be like a birthday party to you you are going to have people that are surrounding you to celebrate the good that is coming to you. Only good is going to come to you. The bad people are getting ready to exit your life, leaving a vacuum for good people to come into your life. Do you not understand how powerful this statement is? When bad people leave your life, bad things stop happening. I decree and declare the bad things are going to stop happening happen not tomorrow but today and right now your days of living good eating good your days of thinking good your days of good things are here and it's here right now the Bible said that he caused the trees to grow that were pleasant to the sight and good for food only good is going to come to you the Bible said and the tree of life also was in the midst of the garden the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God caused the trees to grow. Oxano. 
Secondly, the word grow is associated to infants, to babies. The Bible says in Genesis 21, verse number eight, and the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. That word grow is also associated with wealth. I'm so excited that the word grow is spoken off when it comes to wealth. I love the fact that God said, I give you power to get wealth. Your days of working for money is over. I decree that you are maturing in the things of the Lord so that you can convert any capital that God gives you in seed form. You can convert it into wealth. I decree and declare you have come into a position spiritually where you're going to grow into a wealthy place. The Bible said in Genesis 26, 13 to 14. And the man waxed great and went forth and grew until he became very great. For he possessed, for he had possessions of flocks and possession of herbs, herbs and great store of servants. In other words, he went from just a mom and pop setup to a Wall Street friendly, globally scalable business. I decree over those of you that are entrepreneurs and over you that are business owners, I decree you are no longer satisfied with a mom and pop setup. I decree your businesses are Wall Street friendly, globally scalable. I decree that you are no longer borrowing to make ends meet. I decree that you are growing in, in, in an understanding of business and economics until you are a lender and you will never be a borrower another day in your life. The Bible said that he grew with so much wealth that the Philistines envied him. I decree your days of envy and others are over. I decree people are going to look at your life and you are going to be a role model to them. God is going to cause you to grow up to understand that a part of maturing is to bring you into a place where you are the head and not the tail, where you are above only and not beneath. I decree that your days of entry level is over. I decree you will not only sit around the boardroom. You will be the cheer of the board. Amen. I decree that God's hand is upon you and you will begin to understand how powerful that word grow is. Grow is also associated with influence. Influence. Luke 2, two chapter 40. Luke 2 chapter 40. The scripture says, and the child grew and went strong in the spirit filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. The child grew, waxed strong, filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. The anointing of God was upon him. Do you not know that the anointing of God gives you influence? Amen. The anointing of God repels from you anything that will affect your personal brand. It means that there can never be a stigma attached to you. There can never be bad reputation attached to you. I decree and declare God is cleaning up your name. I decree that your name is associated with wealth and power and holiness and ethics and morality. When people call your name, I decree other people will want to meet you. I decree 
that you have so much influence that just at your name, doors are opened up. I decree and declare that this is the last day a door is going to be slammed in your face. I decree God is going to present you open doors. I decree that when people hear your name, they're going to extend favor to you. Everyone that sees you, everyone that hears of you is going to favor you because of the influence that you have. So many people now need someone else's name so that they can drop it so that doors can be open. You know, I see photo ops. I see people taking photo ops and when they take photo ops, they're taking photo ops with individuals that are influential in their realm. So they want to make sure that other people believe that they're powerful because of their association. I decree and declare this is the last day that you have to take a photo up with someone that is more powerful than you. I decree from now on, people are going to be begging to take photo ops with you to use your influence. I decree that you're growing in the things of the Lord so that you are an influencer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, the Bible speaks of the word grow, not only as it relates to plants and people and influence, but also to increasing in terms of numbers of people. In other words, God wants to use you to affect change amongst a multitude of people. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying this, and I'm speaking this, decreeing it and declaring it over everyone that is called into ministry. I'm decreeing it and declaring this over everyone that is called into business. I decree and declare that God is in increasing your network because when he increases your network he will increase your net worth are you hearing me one of the things that Jacob prophesied over his grandson Ephraim and if you would go there with me please from out of the book of Genesis chapter 48 verse 16 Genesis chapter 48 verse 16 Jacob takes his grandson and Ephraim and Manasseh and he lays hands on top of, of, of uh, Ephraim. And one of the things that we have to understand is that when hands are laid on you, it's, it's not just what God is doing for you, but it's what God is aligning you to. Many of our lives are misaligned and they're misaligned because of socialization, how we were brought up. They're misaligned because of our relational constellation, the people we hang around. In other words, birds of a feather flock together. And if you want to change the birds that are attracted to you, change yourself. Because when you change everything and everybody around you has to adjust to accommodate your change. That means that if you want to see things changing, don't change things, change yourself and then because of the changes that you're making the things around you and the people around you are forced to change to accommodate your change that means you go first turn to your neighbor and say you go first don't don't wait for the government to change you go first don't wait for your husband to change you go first don't wait for your boss to change you go first because when you change everything and everyone around you has to change to accommodate your uh, growth your uh, development your progress everything around you has to change in order to accommodate that Jacob laying hands was not 
not only laying hands so that he would be able to prophesy and also uh, transfer, transfer an anointing, transfer a mental, uh, but he was laying hands to bring alignment to the mind. So whenever the hands are laid, it means that God is also inviting you to cooperate with a mental adjustment. You see, could things be the way they are because you are the way you are? And what one thing can you change that can change everything? You could change the way you think. So when hands are laid, something is going on in the brain. You see, your mind is spiritual, but your brain is physical. And your brain seeks homeostasis. In other words, if God sends a word that challenges you to grow, your brain is going to fight you the whole way. Anybody has, that has ever been on a diet understands what I'm talking about. Amen? Can I get a show you're right? In other words, you know you need to lose weight, and then you say, I'm going to lose this weight. And you know, you say, I'm not going to eat potato chips. I'm not going to eat candy. I'm not going to do this. That's the night before. You get up the next day. Have you ever noticed it happens also when you fast? How many of you don't eat breakfast? You don't eat breakfast usually. But when you fast, when you get up the first thing in the morning, your, your, your brain is saying, girl, you better feed me. <laughs> Boy, you better put something in the stomach. It's interesting because your brain loves homeostasis. It loves to do the same thing the same way. This is why breaking a habit, you, you, you can't just break a habit by stopping something. You have to break a habit by creating a new habit. It works by the law of displacement and the law of replacement. In other words, if you displace something, you got to replace it with something else. So you break bad habits by replacing it with what? Good habits. There you go. So when it comes to God bringing alignment so that you can actually grow and increase in numbers in ministry, increase in number in business, it means that not only will you have to change, the culture will have to change, that the, the, the procedures would have to change. There's a lot of changes that have to be made, but your brain wants to do the same thing the same way. Do the same, get the same. Do different, get different. And so once you start changing, your brain is going to fight you because it wants the same thing the same way. How many of you travel to uh, a, a certain way going to work every week? And then on the weekend, you jump in your car and you say, I'm going to the grocery store, but you end up on the same road taking you to work. Why? Because your brain has been wired to perform certain tasks in a certain way. So whenever God begins to invite you into a realm of growth, uh, you don't have to worry about uh, the enemy fighting against you. Because a lot of us use the enemy as an a a reason why we can't change. The enemy is fighting me and the enemy doesn't want me. Do you not know that God has given you power over all the power of the enemy? That means that most of us are still lo looking for an alibi and we use the devil, right? As an alibi. But when, when God invites you to grow, it's a mental thing. It has to be mind over matter, mind over matter. Now listen to this. 
let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus mind. That's the spirit part of you. The mind is spiritual. It is not physical. So when we talk about mind over matter, we're talking about your spirit man controlling the natural and the natural is controlled by the brain. And so when someone lays hands on you, there's actual alignment that is going on. And we'll talk about this in, in, in a minute, because sometimes we are so stressed out that there's a misfiring between the left brain and the right brain. Are you with me? Have you ever, ever been in your bedroom and say, I'm going to uh, the kitchen and I'm going to get me a cold drink. And so you go to the refrigerator and you open up the refrigerator and you stand there and you say, why am I in front of the, uh, you forget, right? Right? Because there's a scrambling of the brain. So now you got to backtrack. You got to go back to the bedroom. And what are you doing when you go back to the bedroom? Everybody's laughing because they've done it, right? What, what, what is happening when you go back to the bedroom? You are actually resetting the brain. When hands are laid on you, you give God an opportunity to reset your thinking. And, and it's not about you falling out. It's about what God is doing to bring your brain into alignment with his will. I decree and declare that your mental faculties from today is coming into alignment. Yes. Somebody put both hands up and say, yes, Lord. Not just one hand, because you know, uh, there, there's a prophetess. Her name is Prophetess Madea. She said, I could do bad all by. In other words, she recognized that she needed to check up from the neck up and that <laughs> she needed hands laid on her. And, 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 and that it was, it's not always the devil. Many times it's our wiring. So we misfire because we're miswired. And what God wants to do is reset or rewire so that you're thinking the thoughts and you're performing to the degree that you're able to perform. So Jacob now lays hands on Ephraim and, and, and it gives God an opportunity to reset his thought, his thought processes. In other words, uh, prior to the hands laying on, he's going to think one way. But once the hands are laid upon him for a transference, once the hands are laid on, that's why you've got to be careful who lays hands on you. You, you don't, you don't listen. You got to examine these people's lives because not only are they going to transfer the good and God, they're going to transfer the bad too. And there are certain people who you don't need their spirit to be transferred on you. So they go to lay hands, you just say, no, thank you, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Things that make you go, yes, yes. <laughs> Jacob is prophesying into Ephraim, his grandson's life, in, in Genesis 48, 16. And we're talking about the word grow being associated with you being expended or augmented so that you grow numerically. And we were speaking this word to ministries, whether they're new 
or whether they're ministries that have stagnated or you're losing members to businessmen and businesswomen. I recognize that our economy is changing and the way that we did business two years ago, five years or 10 years ago, we cannot do it any longer. That means that we have to grow in an understanding of, of economy or economics and this, this invisible force that affects how we do business and how we create wealth. But Ephraim has his hands laid on and his grandfather prophesies, and this is what he says, the angel which redeemed me from all evil. I decree that your children are being redeemed, bought back, pulled out of evil. I decree your grandchildren are being pulled out of evil. I decree all of your loved ones is being pulled out of evil. And you won't have to pull them out. The angel of the Lord is going to pull them out. Amen. The angel which redeemed me from evil, bless the lads and let my name be named on them. And the name of my father, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. In other words, he was transferring their influence. They became very influential. And they said, you, you, the name of the anointing that God placed on Abraham that made him influential and wealth, I'm transferring that. And, and how God transformed my life, I'm transferring that. And how God uh, transferred Isaac or transformed Isaac, I'm transferring that. That means you're going to think differently. You're going to think like a powerful man. You're going to think like a, a, a wealthy man. In other words, your thoughts uh, is a precursor to your lifestyle. I decree and declare that, that however God shows you, you're going to live in the next year, two years, three years, whatever vision he has given you, whatever prophetic word he has given you, I decree and declare that you are acquiring the mentality right now. If you want to be the best in the industry, you've got to think like you're the best in the industry. You've got to act like you're the best in the industry. You've got to dress like you're the best in the industry. You've got to network like you're best in the industry. Many of us don't leave the realm that God delivers us from because we're afraid that people are going to talk about us. I say give them something to talk about. They're either going to talk about your failure or success. I'm taking success. They're either going to talk about you being the tail or the head. I'm taking the head. They're either going to talk about you being first or last. I choose what? To be first. Give them something to talk about. And it starts with the mentality. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Show me your life and I'll show you your thoughts. All I have to do is just look at how you live, look at how you speak, look at how you act. And that will show me and tell me your thoughts. Your lifestyle prophesies your thoughts. In other words, your internal mentality will express itself externally as a reality. So whatever the realities are in your life, don't try to fix it out here, fix it in here. Whenever God qualifies you, you cannot disqualify yourself by second guessing. If God says it, it's settled. 
That's it. And what happened was God had prophesied through Jacob to Ephraim and said, Ephraim, you're going to grow into a multitude. I am prophesying this over your businesses. You, It may just be you right now, but your business is going to grow into a multitude. You are going to have to hire. They're going to come from California. They're going to come from New York City, and they're going to head right to your city. They're going to come from London. They're going to come from Scotland. They're going to come from South Africa. Are you ready for the increase? Are you ready for it? Get ready. Stop, stop thinking of yourself just as a, 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 a person that only owns a, a, a business uh, that you work in. So you see yourself as self-employed. And you only see yourself as single-employed. Not just self, just single, just me. Nothing about your business plan, plan speaks about growth. Nothing about your strategic plan speaks about growth. Nothing about your vision speaks about growth. I feel anointed. I feel like God is challenging someone today. Prepare for growth. Prepare for the numbers. If you, let me tell you something. If you have staff that are thinking that they are building something just for you and them, then you need to fire them. Why? Because they're going to prohibit the kind of growth that God is bringing. What God is giving you is a vision for a multitude. He's not giving you a vision for few. He's giving you a vision for a multitude. In other words, let me give you an example. The business, can you imagine the business plan of McDonald's? That, that business plan simply means that we've got to accommodate how many people? Millions. So that means that they got to prepare for millions. That means that their hiring practice has to reflect that. It means HR has to reflect that. It means their business plan, their business strategy has to reflect the growth. If God is speaking to you about growth in your business, that means that somebody in the business, including you, you've got to sit down and you've got to readdress your strategy. You've got to readdress it. And, and a lot of us are still uh, functioning uh, like we functioned 10, 15, 20 years ago before the Internet, before social, uh, me you know, social media, before technology allowed us. Some of you have to upgrade technologically. You've got to think of technology right now. You may you 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 may not see the world, but the world can see you. And if your website does not reflect that, if your social media strategy does not reflect that, then you're dancing with disaster. You're dancing with failure. Get off of the dance floor of failure. Why don't you shift or shift partners? Change partners. Get on the dance floor with the success dance. Are you with me? And so you've got to think about growth. And that means that you have to adjust some things. You've got to change something and some things. And change is easier said than done. All the dieters in the house say, amen.
<laughs> that word grow is associated not just with trees and seed and not just with people and influence, not just for growth, whether that growth is corporate growth or whether there's growth in your ministry, but it's also a word associated with Christian growth, inward Christian growth. Let's look at Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 to 16. Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 to 16, but grow in grace, but grow in grace, but grow in grace. Ephesians 4, 11 to 16. The Bible said, and he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This is just a, a sidebar uh, that in ministry, uh, there should be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers in one church. And if you don't have them all in one church, you got to invite them in because you need the, the whole fivefold ministry being expressed within a local assembly so that the saints are perfected, so that the saints go on to do the work of the ministry. In other words, uh, the fivefold ministry does the training, does the capacity building, does the instruction, and then the pew does the work of the ministry. Do you see that? that do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come into the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. In other words, you got to grow up and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of man, the cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Circle that word deceive or write that word deceive down and circle it for me. Uh, put it in your notes because we're going to come back and we're going to talk to you about that word. That word deception is the opposite of conception. Write it down. Deception is the opposite of conception. And what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna float that as a balloon, and then I'm gonna come back in a minute. And I'm gonna snatch it from out of the uh, atmosphere, out of your mental lay-by, and I'm going to explain why that is important. The Bible said, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in, in him, may grow up in him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And so you're coming to church and spiritual maturation is important to God. He wants you to grow up in Christ. He wants you to uh, uh, start out as a lamb, but finish as a sheep. You know, it's nothing worse than having new babes come into a ministry and, and the ones that should be mature destroying the, 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 the young converts, you know, because of jealousy. Where, where, where the older members should be helping with discipleship, they're killing the disciples because they're not maturing enough. They're not matured enough. The first fruit of any ministry should be the most matured within the ministry. Those that start out to help to build, they should be not only helping to build the ministry, but help to build the body and they should be trusted. But in many churches, after five years, 10 years, 15 years, there are some people that are still asking for their baba. 
<laughs> you know, you got the new converts coming in, trying to give them a bottle, and you got the big grown man that should be, you know, sipping on Coca-Cola, talking about, I need my baba, where's my milk? <laughs> As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God, those are for newborns. But those of us that are mature, we should be eating meat, we should be eating steak, you know. And if you don't, your teeth hadn't grown in, you better get you some false teeth. <laughs> Go to your spiritual dentist and say, look, I should be munching on steak right now. And I'm still sucking on a bottle. Turn to your neighbor and say, she ain't talking about me for real. Yeah, I got my steak knife right here. <laughs> but that word grow is associated also with believers who are maturing. So that word grow presupposes several things. Number one, those of you that are writing notes, that we have all the capacity for the growth. And so if we're not growing in certain areas, we can begin to pray like Jabez. God, there's got to be some lid somewhere. There's got to be something restricting me. This is what happened to Abraham. You remember God said to Abraham, go, go off, go discover who you are. And, and Lot went with him. You remember that? Do you not know the word Lot means to cover? The word Lot presupposes someone who places a lid on your growth. People who restrict you. You see, most people don't mind you growing if you remain the same. It's like an oxymoron, right? Because this is what they say. You change. You're, you're you, if you're growing, you're going to do what? You're going to change. And so there are so many people, especially people that pray with you. When you say, pray that God will give me a breakthrough. And when God gives you a breakthrough, they're jealous. Pray, pray, pray that God will send me a husband. So it's five of you that are single. So you can have this single prayer meeting. And you're believing God for a husband. You're the first one that has a husband. And the other four don't talk to you. Why? Because they don't really want you married. Misery loves what? Company. And so it presupposes that there's something that it could be an invisible lid or limitation. And, and, and I recognize it, even, even from my own life, growing up in poverty, we were wired to have more month than money. So when, when I got my degrees and then when I became successful, professionally speaking, and I was on the top, the highest echelon, guess what would happen? No matter how much money I made, I always still had what? More month than money. Why? Because there was an invisible spiritual lid that was placed on how much money I would have at the end of the month. Why? Because we were wired that way from living in poverty. Listen to me carefully. Many of you are praying for financial breakthrough. Could it be that God wants to give it to you, but there's this lot, there's an invisible lid that is on your life. Something that says you don't deserve more money. I, I, I know some people that sabotage themselves. They have opportunities, but a year later, they're back in the same place. Isn't that what happened when people win the lotto? 
They're a millionaire today, but two years later, they're back into poverty. Why? There is a wiring in the brain. And God needs to rewire us to say, yes, I deserve this. And I don't feel bad for wanting to be wealthy. There are some people that say, well, I don't want a whole lot of money. Well, you don't have a whole lot of money because you said you don't want a whole lot of money. I'm giving, but I don't expect anything in return. Well, that is not scripture. Give and it shall be given you. I learned, I learned something about that scripture. And I pray that God would lift the lid off of your mind. The Bible said, given it shall be given you of good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall man give unto your bosom. Why do you always have to be the beneficiary when God can make you the benefactor? You don't have to keep waiting for someone to bring you money when you could create the wealth and be the one that people are waiting for. Can I get an amen? Can you shout, that's me? Is there a lid that is placed? Let's talk about prosperity for a moment. It's interesting about the world. The world believes that we took a vow of poverty. All Christians want is money. Well, what do you want? Are you with me? And we have bought into the lie that the church shouldn't be prosperous. And we talk about prosperity preachers. I want to hear the message of prosperity. Why? The Bible said, brethren, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health. I believe in the prosperity message. The more you have, the more you can do to change this world. The more you can help to eliminate poverty. Why? Listen, every day you get up, you could stay poor or you could be prosperous. I believe in the prosperity message. And if you don't believe it, don't write my ministry and ask me to pray for a spiritual, for a, a financial breakthrough. Are you hearing me? It's hypocritical to say, oh, I don't believe in prosperity, but yet you want me to pray for your financial breakthrough. We want to be prosperous. Why would you want to be guilty? Because God wants to prosper you. We have to understand prosperity is not just money. You want to prosper in health. You want to prosper in your relationships. You want to prosper socially. You want to prosper spiritually. You want to prosper culturally. I decree your days of living in poverty is over. You want to prosper. You want to be a blessing to your family. You want to be a blessing to the indigent. You want to be a blessing to the poor. You want to be a blessing to the orphan. You want to be a blessing to the widower. Are you with me? Why can't you be the blessing? Why can't God use you to eliminate poverty? Raise those hands. I speak a fresh anointing upon you. Lay hands on your own head. I decree the limits are lifted. I decree all financial limitations are lifted. That you are not relegating God to your paycheck. Your paycheck is a seed. I decree you are using your seed so that you then are able to create wealth. 
Your paycheck is just a seed. Listen to me carefully. We put so many lids on God. Your paycheck is not the harvest. Your paycheck is only a seed. I don't think you got it. Stop believing that your paycheck is the harvest. That's just a seed that God is giving you. What do you do with the seed? You cultivate it, right? That means that that seed is just capital that you're going to convert into wealth. It's raw. No more lids or limitation. Grow presupposes that you've got capacity for more. And if you're not getting more, if you're in the same state, emotionally, financially, uh, socially, if you've got the same people, you, you haven't created any new networks. Nobody new has come into your life since Methuselah was three. <laughs> there is a lid. And I decree and declare every self-imposed limitation, every demonic lid is being blown to smithereens. I decree an open heaven. I decree an open heaven over your life. This is Jabez's prayer. He was socialized by the limitations of his mother. And he took it on as his limitations. His mother said, listen, you, where, wherever you go, you just create pain. That's like a, a mother saying, I hate I ever had you. The day you were born was the beginning of my sorrow. That's horrible. Imagining growing up that I could never live a happy life. That's a lid. Imagine growing up knowing that people will never be happy with you. I feel the anointing of God. I feel that what you've been through in your life is getting ready to stop today. I feel an anointing of deliverance. Every word that was spoken over your life that created a lid, I decree the anointing that is coming upon you right now is giving you a breakthrough. Some of you feel that you will never amount to anything, but the devil is a liar. Can you shout the devil is a liar? Just because it happened to your daddy doesn't mean that it's going to happen to you. Doesn't mean just because it happened to your mother doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. Just because everybody around you in your community is acting a certain way and there are lids and limitations socially, it doesn't mean that there are lids and limitations spiritually. This is what happened to Jacob. You remember Jacob? Can you imagine growing up and, uh, and your whole family says, you ain't nothing but a manipulator. That's what Jacob means. It means surplanter, one who manipulates his way through. One who uses his human ingenuity to use people and circumstances and things so that he can benefit from. What kind of, what kind of family dynamics did he grow up in? Where he says, if I'm going to be successful, I'm going to have to do it myself. No, what kind of dynamics? Can you imagine growing up with a twin brother that hated you? That competed with you? That, 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 that split the, the, the parents? So one parent preferred your twin brother. Your father prefers your twin brother. And your mother prefers you. Can you imagine what type of family dynamics that was? 
Where he had to learn that I have to just use people to manipulate people. Let me tell you something. We call that life strategies, don't we? So if your life strategy, listen to me carefully, a strategy is a, a course of action that you use for a specific outcome. So that means that this is what I want for my life, and this is the course of action I believe that I have to take. Now, all of us have strategies. I decree every self-sabotaging strategy, every immature strategy, God is getting ready to change your strategy by giving you a new script. You're going to get rid of your childhood strategies and God is going to give you a new adult script. You know, each one of us have a strategy. We have uh, relationship strategy, money-making strategies. We have spiritual strategies. This is how we get what we want in life. And sometimes what, where we end up is not where we really want. So don't curse your situation. Let your situations prophesy to you. Let your situation say, this is not what you really want. Are you with me? When you look at some people, okay, we could judge people if we want. But when I think about uh, individuals that are uh, exotic dancers, I don't, I, I don't for one minute believe that certain women who um, uh, uh, sell their bodies, uh, certain people who end up in drugs and alcohol, and they end up on Skid Row. I don't think they ever said, when I grow up, I want to be on Skid Row. When I grow up, I want to be an addict. When I grow up, I want to be a, a prostitute. I don't think people say that. I believe that they have a strategy that gets them there. But they repeat it over and over, and it keeps them stuck there. So rather than trying to fix the outcome, fix the strategy. And the outcome will change. You have to ask the person, what do you really want? What were you after? Were you after freedom? Well, if you're an addict, you're bound. Don't tell me you're doing whatever you want. Now you cannot control. Freedom is the ability to say no when yes is convenient. Bondage is the inability to say no. A drug addict cannot say no to drugs. Are you with, are you getting it? If you cannot say no to something, you are bound by it. Are you getting this? When it comes to that word grow, it means that you've got capacity for more. Even if it's not obvious. Abraham had capacity for more, but there was a lid. Lot was with him. Lot, to me today, I can use that as a metaphor. Who around you is placing lids on your life? What around you is placing lids on your life? You got to get rid of, give yourself a going away party. I'm telling you, when, at the end of this series, I want you to sit down with a piece of paper. And I want to identify your lot. I want you to identify your lot. Identify the things that are limiting you. And if it's your own mindset, it means that you've got to upgrade. How do you upgrade? How do you grow intellectually? You grow intellectually by reading. Many of you don't read enough. How many, how many books do you have on your cell phone? I know you've downloaded every other app. But how many?
many books have you downloaded on your cell phone? I drove out early this morning. I had to wait. So I, as long as I got my cell phone, I'm good. When I'm on my cell phone, I'm not playing games. What am I doing? Reading. How many books do I have on my cell phone? A whole lot. Why? Because I'm going to read at least two books a month. So that's 24 books this year. So every time I'm waiting, I take out my cell phone. And when other people are checking uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and news feeds and who says what, guess what I'm doing? What does reading do? Build capacity. You got to stretch yourself. Jabez prayer. I need capacity. Why? Because I want to grow beyond my limitations. The Bible said, and Jabez called on the God of Israel. Why the God of Israel? Israel, the Bible indicates, started off as Jacob. And he was using these strategies. God changed his name. Why did he change his name? Because a name presupposes a nature. When God changed his name, he changed his nature. When God is, when you get to heaven, God said, you're going to have a new name. Why? Because you're going to have a new nature. God said, Sarai, you are no longer going to be called Sarai, but Sarah. Why? Because I'm going to change your nature. Abram, you're going to have a new name. Why? Because I'm going to change your nature. And so God changes his nature. He called on the God who is able to change our nature. Why the nature? Because there's a proclivity that we lean towards because of socialization. Growing up, I, was, I grew up in poverty, abject poverty. So that means that as I was growing up like a tender plant, uh, my proclivity was to move towards what? Lack. Even though I was decreeing and declaring abundance. I was decreeing and declaring wealth. My nature was trained to live in what? Poverty. So that means that when God changed my nature, he gave me a new name. And then he gave me, he made me a new creature. The proclivity, the natural proclivity was still going towards what? It was going towards poverty, right? Even though God said, I'm going to make you the head, not the tail. The proclivity is still there. The nature is still there. So no matter, see, money does not eradicate poverty. Because every week, every two weeks, every month, you get money. Are you with me? So you should not be praying for money. You should be praying for wealth creating strategies. You got money. The proclivity was there, but what God had to do, he had to change my nature. So now he shifts my proclivity and I'm moving towards what? Prosperity. I'm moving towards prosperity. I'm moving away from what? Poverty towards what? So he prays to the God that is able to change his nature. And then he says, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed. Barak me, bless me indeed. Enlarge my coast and that thy hand may be with me, that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me or it may go well with me. And God granted him his request. So that means that when he prayed enlarge my coast, he said, look, I'm not thinking right. And I'm I have a restricted capacity. 
So now enlarge my capacity. Let me think more. And it start with his thought life. Number two, I want to give you just a few more. The word grow has to do with capacity for more. It presupposes if God tells you to grow, that means you've got the capacity for more. Number two, growth is a process. So when God says grow, that means that who you are today, you're going to be better tomorrow. And the next day, you're going to be better than that day. And it's a process. You're part of a process. The Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 11, I love this particular scripture. It says, the Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times so many more as you are and bless you as he hath promised you. Make you a thousand times more. So in other words, where you start is not where you end up. I don't care how you started this year. You're going to end up on a better foot. You're going to end every year stronger, better, more healthy, more wealthy, with more wisdom than what you started off. And it's going to happen every month. How you end this month, get ready for the next month. Because the next month is going to be better than this month. It's a part of the process. You're in an incredible process. And that word grow guarantees oxano. It guarantees that. Number three, it presupposes the process of growth requires not only comprehension, but cooperation. There are some things you understand and other things you don't understand, but you just cooperate. In other words, when God said to Abraham, Abraham, go, go find yourself, leave your mother, your father. You know, it was natural for him to take care of his family. It was unnatural for him to leave because he was the oldest. It was unnatural. Why got to go? Why can't you bless me right now? And where am I going? When you get there, I'm going to tell you. In other words, obedience is often on a needs to know basis. When you are obedient to the first directive, then you'll get the second. And many things in our lives don't require, listen to this, comprehension. It requires cooperation. You've got to cooperate with God. And many things that you, God is going to direct you to do, it's going to feel as if it's contrary, like it's never going to get you there. You know, I once was young and now I'm younger. And when I look back, when I look back retrospectively, the things that I thought was going to take me further away from the vision and the purpose and the plans that God had for me. Well, now that I look back, I can see the hand of God in every point where I thought I was losing. I was actually winning and I've learned to what cooperate by faith. When God says, turn right. And my GPS turn, says turn left. And everybody around me says turn left. I'm going right. I don't understand God, but I'm going to go right. Why? Because all things are going to work together for good. It, 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 that word grow is a process, but it also requires cooperation. Second uh, Peter 1, 4 to 11. I want to give you just a few more. And then we're going to close out for today. The fourth thing that that word grow presupposes that there are eight stages of spiritual maturation. So grow is a process. 
but it is also stages. And grow presupposes that there are eight stages of spiritual maturation. Amen? Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we give you praise and honor and glory. We thank you for the capacity building process that we are in. One that would help the lids to be lifted and the limitations to be lifted. One that will place us on a level playing field so that we can not only maximize our potential, but be a blessing to this world and leave a legacy for the next generation. I pray that your hand will be upon us. And Father, you have spoken prophetically to each one of us. You have spoken to us as leaders. You have spoken to us as members of our family. You have spoken to us as businessmen and businesswomen. You have spoken to us as believers. You have spoken to us as individual. You have spoken to us as a part of a body. And Father, you are, are, are inviting us to an amazing process. One that guarantees that we will not only maximize our potential, but we will grow to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. Father, the whole earth is groaning, waiting for the sons of God to be manifested. But now we are the sons of God. And I pray that you will give us the mentality. Lay hands on yourself. I decree and declare that whatever is misfiring, I decree a realignment. I speak to the reticular formation. I speak to the left and the right hemisphere. And I decree and declare that your brain will not get in the way of your spirit and your mind. I decree that you are a spiritual being and you are growing in the realm of the spirit and nothing will prohibit you. Father, let the anointing break every yoke. Father, let it lift burdens. And those that are, are experiencing glass ceilings, I decree that the glass ceiling is breaking, it's cracking right now. That they will not only be able to see the open heaven, they will be able to seize everything the heavens have locked up in its womb. I pray that we are in the process of growth, that we are in a season of growing in every area of our lives. I pray that you will bless us, that you will prosper us. I pray the prayer of Jabez upon our lives, that we are calling on the God of Israel. We are calling on the God that will bless us indeed, that you will increase us, that you will enlarge our coast, that you will enlarge our territory. Father, that your hand will be upon us, that you will keep us from evil. Father, that it will not grieve us. Father, I decree and declare, even as you promise, that you will multiply us a thousand times more, even as we are. I pray according to 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4 to 11. You have given us excellent and exceeding and precious promises that by these we will be partakers of your divine nature. We have escaped from the corruption of this world through lust. And Father, you said, beside this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge and knowledge temperance and temperance patience and patience, godliness, and godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in us, and we will abound, that and they will shall make us, that we are neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we will lack nothing. I decree and declare that even as you said, if these things be in us, that we will never fall. I decree our days of falling and 
failing is over. I decree that we are growing and that we are progressing and that the spirit of stagnation is broken from off of us. I decree and declare that people will see it. Our family will see the growth. Our boss will see the growth. Even our enemies will see the growth. I decree and declare the anointing to prosper. The anointing to abound is upon us. I command, oh God, every limitation to be released. And Father, that we will grow up in the things of the Lord. Now unto him who is able to do the exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. It's according to the power that works in us. Amen. Glory to God. Put your blessed hands together. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Father, let me cooperate. Even if I don't understand, let me cooperate in the name of Jesus. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.